Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. An Elio's original. Hi, it's Margaret Cho. June is Pride Month, and since we can't all be together to celebrate, The Margaret Show is doing Pride bonus episodes every Thursday in June with special guests that'll that'll leave you so proud, like Dan Savage, Melissa Rivers, Jackie B, and Cameron Esposito. So let's celebrate Pride together. Subscribe to The Margaret Show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Hey, it's Margaret chiming in to ask you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, and I'll read it on the pod. Here's a review from RNPHN. I would like you to know from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your continued content. You're helping keep a public health nurse sane. Hey, thank you so much, RNPHN. Um, so yeah, please leave us a review, and I'll read it. And thank you for your Your service, essential worker, thank you, thank you, thank you. Right now, you could either think the sky is falling and that life is done and there's uncertainty and doom, or you could think that there's something bigger is happening where you could shake your life at your sketch. You could actually shuffle your cards of life and, and and then decide what's important to you, who's important to you. So out of this, I think you have such a great opportunity to just kind of redesign your life. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho. Today, we have an amazing guest. He is the angry therapist. Today, we have John Kim. Okay, it's just the Koreans now. Yeah, <laughs> the way it should be. The way it should be. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? And I hope you say yes to this. Um, is, is partly me being on here because I'm Korean? Nope. Oh, uh, okay. But it helps. Yeah, because I grew up um, watching you. I grew up, um, I went to San Diego, saw you in concert, and I was just so inspired by um, you trailblazing, especially as a Korean, because I grew up in the 80s, and, you Ooh. know, it was like like Long Duck Dong, and I remember... Yeah. Um, we just we, we we just weren't cool, you know. No, you know, it's like we didn't have any images of ourselves at all. Right. I mean, there was just nothing, what and was, it's so weird. What was, what, was, what was the first thing you think that changed that, or do you think things have changed? I don't think things have changed very much. 
Mm. I mean, you know, there's a little bit more. I think there's a little bit more in terms of um, visibility, uh, I guess. Well, there's like crazy rich Asians. Right. right. <laughs> That's recent. There's um, a little bit more. But in general, I, I mean, I don't really see very much. You know, mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. think that there's a long way to go. And especially right now with all of this huge wave of violence towards Asian Americans mm. because of COVID-19 and this kind right. of blame right. that has shifted, um, which is very odd because yeah. it, it it's it's very frustrating because you sort of seem to get a leg up culturally and that you, we're still sort of othered and it, we, we kind of catch all of the blame for anything that's sort of foreign, whether it's murder hornets or disease. Right. And uh, I don't really, I don't understand how to deal with that. So, but Long Duck Dong is a good example of where we, we sort of um, kind of like are, it's okay to be racist against Asians because there's a lot of, there's a long list of reasons. There's somehow this thing where it's not racist because, oh, it's funny, it's, I don't know. Like, it's a weird thing that we sort of had to take on the chin for however many generations. I don't know. Like, it's like Charlie Chan on. Right. Uh, Yeah. And I I remember, you know, Jerry Lewis taping his eyes back. And I'm hoping that, uh, so I'm 47. I'm hoping that in my lifetime that we seek significant change. Um, But we will see, especially in media, you know. But it's not just media. Like, uh, me being a Korean therapist, um, I was the only guy being because Koreans aren't really, you know, um, into self-help, uh, at least my, my parents' generation. And so I was, uh, you know, encouraged to go be a doctor, lawyer. Uh, and now being a C student, when I became a therapist, there was no Asians in that world at all, you know, so. Yeah, and there really needs to be because of there's so much. Uh, well, my family has had a long history with depression, mm-hmm. um, mental illness, lots of alcoholism. I mean... Yeah. Man, it's like real, like a real problem with it. I mean, I think Korea in general, but especially my family, really long history with alcoholism. And then, um, but depression is kind of like, um, it's almost like our family disease, but they're, they take sort of take pride in it and like Mm -hmm. a lot of toxic masculinity. Um, but it kind of like, it sort of comes along with like workaholism, um, uh, my family has a long-standing relationship with like owning liquor stores, mm. and so they have a lot of like, you know, um, owning liquor stores, spending a long time like working these like twenty-hour days, right, um, right. drinking, um, right. and so it's a very um, abusive, self-abusive kind of thing. And you know, um, there's a lot of suicide, a lot of anorexia in the women, a lot of. Um, Stuff and then nobody seeks help. I mean, my generation is probably the first generation to really seek a lot of um, treatment or sobriety or anything like that. Yeah, and I can relate to you. So we didn't own liquor stores, but my parents, you know, came to America five hundred dollars, and we uh, fast food. So we had little hamburger, hot dog stands, and then mm-hmm. eventually a, a Popeyes chicken. And oh yeah. So yeah, and working, you know, mom driving to Long Beach and working, you know, the sixteen-hour days, fried chicken, getting held up at gunpoint, um, and then me just being raised by pop culture, you know, skating, mm-hmm. and break dancing, and all of that. 
Um, and then also my dad being an alcoholic, so not really there and, and workaholic and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, really escaping into work and substances and but it's like, you know, they they did they live really hard, whether it's um, drinking or work. So as a sort of like um, you're having to raise yourself. And um, so I'm glad like I'm I'm kind of I, I really am grateful for my parents really like showing me a work ethic Mm-hmm. Because that's Absolutely. really what they modeled for me is that I do drive at things very hard. Like I work right. really hard and that's that's wonderful. But it's like I, I, I wish I wish that they had an easier time of it. You know, they're still alive and they still like I think they take it a lot easier now, yeah. Yeah, which is good. Would, would you was comedy your way to escape or I think so. all this stuff? That, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And it's also like a way to make sense of it. And it's also like I, um, I was not a good student. So I was very, I probably had some learning disabilities and that Mm -hmm. made it really frustrating for me to uh, study. I think I had some issues in school. I think that that was sort of what set me off on this other path. And so it was easy for me to fail. Uh, oddly and so um, I didn't have much to lose so I didn't really have a lot invested in school so it it Mm -hmm. wasn't like I had um, a sense of needing to uh, go into that status game that Korean Americans often buy into like I didn't care about going to an Ivy League university Um, like my parents really desperately wanted that you know and I didn't want that I didn't care to so um, dropping out of that um, was really freeing and I didn't um, need to buy into the status sort of ceremony so that was good and it was really hard for my parents to accept that but it was okay after in the end did they accept it once you became "quote unquote" successful? Uh, yes. Did it, did it have to be attached to a dollar sign for them to definitely? Like, okay, yeah. And and you know what? I we I had the same story. So uh, my SAT scores were so low. The vice principal called me in and asked me if everything was okay at home. Which I don't know, I don't know if he would have said that if I was an Asian. But um, you know, C student. I didn't even apply to UC schools. So I went to Cal State Northridge just because I just school was never my thing. You know, and I yeah. studied film. Yeah, I studied screenwriting. And uh, that was a joke. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and then and then, you know, just kind of in the, in the therapist world, you know, um, kind of being the guy that rolls up uh, in coffee shops on his Harley and and working online and doing these kind of un- unconventional ways of working that felt honest to me. Um, and people are like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Why? Is-? And I'm like, I'm just doing things that don't feel honest to me, you know? Yes, I think that's I mean, I think that's really important, though, because I think that Asian Americans really need fathering now. Mm -hmm. Like it's still important to be a dad like we still have to whether we have children or not, like I don't have kids, but I Mm -hmm. think that we still have to be parenting, even if we don't have children. I don't know if you have children. But uh, brand new, ten weeks old. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, yeah, she's just she's in the other room getting breastfed. But wow, um, yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, I worked a nonprofit for five years in addiction, working with teenagers, and the mm-hmm. common thread with probably a thousand plus uh, mm-hmm. fatherless nation. Dad was not so. Dad's either not home physically or emotionally, and I think especially in, in the Korean culture, 
uh, because we're workaholics, we're alcoholics, and we're just we don't we don't give our you know our children that emotional milk. We don't have that kind of. Um, I mean, maybe we do, but our parents didn't usually. And so, um, yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is huge. That 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 could change everything. Having um, a, a present father, you know, at home. Yeah, and I think when we're doing that, like when we're still, um, when we're able to parent others, we're still parenting ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Mm -hmm. that's really significant. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, really important for me to do. Like if I'm, if I'm like basically like reaching out to younger people, I feel like I'm actually like helping the younger um, self that is still within, you know, so Mm -hmm. I feel comforted too. But like, so you're, you're a new dad. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and I got to say, you know, I used to talk a lot of shit about, um, oh, you know, because how hard it is and no sleep. It's all that. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> I don't want to complain, yes. but it, yeah, it's not an exaggeration. Uh, you yes. Know, every two hours up changing diapers. Um, it's, it's, it's rewarding, but it's really hard. But it's incredible. And it's, it's really, I mean, and it's in an incredible time to be doing that, you know, like right now. But at least I think it, what it is is that this is this time allows you to just be at home, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is um, it, amazing. It, it's amazing. It's, it's a double edged sword because you know it's also she hasn't seen um, anyone other than 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 us. Like you know she's she was born in this in pandemic, and so I think it's probably the best time to uh, raise a child because you're going to have zero FOMO and you're you're busy changing right. diapers. Um, but there's also this weird isolation where she's not able to go out and see the world. And there's a little bit of fear in that, you know, socialize and all of that stuff. It, but it's, it's very the, cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst time to actually be in labor, though. It's the worst time to be delivering. And uh, we got in right before the, the, the quarantine hit. So we got really lucky. Right. Because it's like right in that space of like just exactly before. So before right. that sort of rush of. So that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I feel like um, you know when Indiana Jones grabs his hat before the door closes. I just feel like we just, oh! like just in time had the baby uh, because there's a lot of people now in hospitals um, where they close it off, where even like family can't come in, you know, like all of this, and, and it's just creating a lot of panic. And I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't want that experience for, for myself. Oh wow! Yeah. But that's that's great. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. That's so exciting. Yeah. New chapter, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a very new chapter. Yeah, I think if I had, I'm, I'm really scared to have kids. Be, like that's my main, I think, mm-hmm. fear is I am so, um, I'm really afraid of loving anybody that much. Oh, interesting. That's Why, my what, what, main fear. What's scary for you? Is it because the uh, permanence? Is it because you have to take care of something? It's like no longer about you, or is it because? Yeah. 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 I think it's like because it's no longer about me or it's just sort of like the inability to be uh, free of that. Like it's the inability of like I have no ability then to walk away from that. Right. Right. You know, the permanence, be- yeah. you know, the permanence of it, because I really can't at that point. um There's no cards left to to sort of play out, you know, like that. that then it's like, well, I. I'm, I'm stuck, mm-hmm. you know, because that then 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 there's nothing. Um, the the uh, the cards are stacked against you. Sort of a gambling thing, um, you know. They're they're always going to win, 
because that there's they have everything on their side, you know. Because right. I love I love them beyond. Yeah, I could I couldn't um, if and then the the possibility of loss is too great yeah. to bear. Yeah. You know yeah. that that's I think that's probably what's always prevented me from thinking about even having a family or um, even wanting children or, or just the idea of that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I I do love kids, and I have a lot of younger people in my life, um, mm-hmm. certainly uh, around me. But it's like a a definite thing of like, oh, that the permanence or or the. Um, I guess it, yeah, it is the vulnerability. Yeah, of course. Uh, but there's this other thing that happens where you, uh, it, it becomes bigger than you, where you almost become fearless in a lot of things for like obviously protection, but also like in pursuing your dreams and, and everything that you're doing because now there is someone else um, who's attached to you, uh, who's looking up to you, who's dependent on you. Uh, it almost puts a fire in your belly, you know? There's like yeah. a turbo that kicks in, which is really interesting. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's really like, mm, maybe I don't want to live that much. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, I you maybe that, don't... Right. Yeah. That long or that much? Or that much. Like, I think like, oh, I don't want my um, aperture to be that wide. Mm, like, right, why would right. I want to live that that uh openly like if i you know if i if i if i why would i want my aperture to be that broad if i could just open it if i could just ratchet it this much instead of this much, like you know it's like i don't need that much (laughs) it's almost like you you almost prefer more uh, i don't want to say simple but uh uh, yeah, going from narrow to wide uh, can yeah. be terrifying. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of stuff you can't control. Right. And, of, of course, with that comes anxiety and, and all of that, yeah. If I could just control it, uh, it, it if it's if it's just a little bit um, narrower scope, a narrower scope mm. in this, like, maybe in the last, next lifetime I could handle a bit more. You know, I'm like right, very right. much like, I do, you know, I like to push things off into like, ne- like I like to... Um, Postpone. I'm a postponer. Mm. I love to, I love to cancel things because that makes me feel alive. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I like that mindset. Man, you're really flipping the script. I love this. So, do you also are you also like that with career wise? Um, going being comfortable and narrow and not wide, or like also you know all the hats that you wear and how people see you? Um, no, 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 no. With career yeah. stuff, I'll just do anything. Like, I really like to sort of take chances in, like, work stuff, and I like to really go for it. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I would, def- I would love that. I would love that. I would love that. And then, um, but with, like, relationships with um, things like that, I mm. do really more tend to uh, be um, in a kind of a safer zone. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, in a predictable zone. And then also, uh, I like to... Um, bargain for less or stay in things that I uh, know that I can control because I don't want for too much or like I'll stay in relationships that I don't like because I know Uh, that what to expect. Right. Right. (laughs) So this is going to, um, is this going to turn into a therapy session? Because I've got a lot to say, I got a lot to say about that. So how, how, if you are in relationships where um, you want to feel safe then mm-hmm. is it hard? Is it hard for you to be vulnerable? I mean, is it hard to produce that relationship glue? Do you love from a distance? And, and you may be okay yes. with that. Yeah. 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 But it's also like um, 
I'll stay in relationships that I really don't like with people that I don't like because I know that um, I know what's going to happen and uh, mm-hmm. I can control what's going to happen. And uh, that's why I'm not in a relationship exactly at the moment. But so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I kind of I, I think that and it's really upsetting to my family for me to be single because um, that's just like the worst thing that can happen. Right. Right. But I really like it because I think it's really like um, it's the first time, you know, that I've oh. actually been oh, single. Have you, are, are we, have you always been in relationships? Yeah. Oh, well, then this is actually good for you then. Like, yeah, it's think? really it feels really good because I've yeah. always been partnered and it's like the first time that I've been really like brave enough to be alone. And it feels really mm. special and good. And yeah. um there's something happening right now. Um, so I, I have another book coming out with Harper, and it's called Single on Purpose. And there's this kind of movement happening that's, uh, I think, uh, a byproduct of the toxic swipe culture and us turning into to baseball cards and how we meet and stuff, where uh, people are actually now empowered to stay single. People are now actually embracing um, this idea of being self-partnered. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay right now. Let me Let me just do some things and make it about me. And I think that's great. I'm all about that. I think a lot of yeah. times we jump into relationships way too too fast and too often. And then mm-hmm. there's there's no space for growth or, or revelations. Yeah. So I'm 51 and I've been partnered for about 30 years. Wow. So this is the first time I've been single for about 30 years. And I'm oh. really pleased. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So wait, when, when, when was your first relationship? Like 20 or 18? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's probably... Um, I've, I've been serial monogamous since I was about 16. Wow. So I mean, in brief moments of being single in and out so it's been about 30 years you know in and out um of of things but so now i'm i'm pre- i'm single but i'm seeing somebody that i really like and he and i are gonna when the quarantine is over we're gonna do um honeymooner cosplay so we're gonna go to niagara falls and we're gonna have a honeymoon and mm. but we're not gonna get married we're just gonna tell everybody that we're married and we're gonna have a honeymoon um experience without the right. wedding and without living together but we'll just go for the, the honeymoon only which i think is really fun yeah, so but fun. i think it's really um i think it's good to be self-partnered i think it's like the thing that i need but it's really upsetting to korean parents because they yeah. can't accept yeah. um because their idea of hell is like a woman living on her own sure. in not, this not age married, group. Not having children, right? Right. Right. 
What what are some revelations you've had about yourself uh, so far of being single? Um, it's really a happy experience that I mm-hmm. really love that I I can be on my own and. Um, like last year, um, I went on a vacation by myself to, mm-hmm. then this is like, would be really upsetting to my parents. I went on a vacation on, on my own to Japan. Oh, nice. <laughs> and nice. that would be really upsetting to my parents. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. For me, in my 50s, for my 50th birthday that I Going took to myself on a month-long vacation to Japan yeah. would be so upsetting to them, you know, but <laughs> it's there's, like, a, there's a lot of layers there. There's a lot of subtext. Hugely upsetting. <laughs> right. But, you know, and that was like this this present to myself, you know, that uh, they couldn't really even comprehend. But it's like I, I think that it's like the joy of aloneness or solitude mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. joy of like that it's not a sorrowful thing and it's not a consolation prize. It's actually yeah. really fun to go on vacations on your own. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that my whole story started with a divorce and going on my version of, you know, eat, love, pray and getting into yeah. CrossFit and motorcycles and all the stuff by myself, you know, and just really sitting with myself. And actually, uh, you know, the, the world, we talk a lot about self-love and I think it's uh, become a T-shirt and it's kind of um, it, it's uh, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people uh, say it, but don't really practice it. And I think for me, it was actually um the journey of liking yourself, not so much loving yourself. You know, loving yourself is a choice, but liking yourself is much more difficult or getting to a place where you start to like yourself. And is it something that, like, you even understood before? I mean, would you consider yourself kind of like a lone wolf even before that? I mean, did you know before you went on the journey or did you have an inkling of it? Um, I've always been, and maybe you felt this way, I've always been the black sheep. You know, I've always been, um, especially in the Asian, Asian community, um, you know, the, the kid with that, with, that didn't get the good grades, that didn't go to uh, an Ivy League school, uh, that, you know, studied film, that did screenwriting, that, uh, you know, got into the restaurant bar business, and then became a therapist. So um, I've always been that guy. So um, I don't know. I just feel like that follows me. And I, and I kind of, uh, instead of resisting it, I actually embrace it. And I feel like it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm meant to hold that with two hands. It's going to take me somewhere. It's going to give me some sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think for me, like I always was in difficult partnerships. Mm-hmm. Like that, that I would always partner with, um, I'd always have friendships with really damaged people who were a lot of fun, but were really difficult. And every time it would always yeah. end in something really disastrous where I would be like, how did I get here? Like, how, why did this happen? And, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be a romantic relationship, but it would always be something like how, what, you know, would be some sort of financial hardship or some kind of thing where it was just this mismatch that would be mm-hmm. like a disaster and um, it kept happening. And then I, I realized, what if I just did something on my own? Mm-hmm. And then it was a great thing. And so I found more success if it was just my own venture, whether it was stand-up comedy or a vacation, something as simple as a vacation. It was so much easier on my own. Are you a fixer? Do you tend to, you know, take in the strays? Um, yeah. People? Yeah. And then yeah. And I'm sure that gives you a sense of worth and value and love. And all For that. sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's much better to do that um, 
with somebody with with not a person. It's better to do that with an animal. <laughs> like so, I have a I have a rescue dog now who's the best, and and I should do that with an animal, not a person, mm-hmm. because that's not a. Absolutely. I mean, it's not my place to do that with a person. Well, also you you, you lose yourself, you know. And right. I think what, what you're experiencing now, the empowerment of being single, you can't when there is a codependency or a meshment or you're losing yourself in someone else, whether that's a friend or a partner. Um, we, we, we forget who we are. Like it's hard for right. us to even take care of ourselves or like ourselves because we're so we, we put the relationship on a very high shelf. Right. And it's just it's it's not um, it's not healthy. And that's not what relationship is for. You know, mm-hmm. it's really it's the wrong kind of thing. But we're constantly told by society that's what we're supposed to do in a relationship or that's what romance right. is, you know, like in movies and yep. Yeah. I mean, that's what film is all about. Film is like telling us like all of these weird stories about what we are supposed to do in relationship. It's like take all this damage and turn it into like romance. And that's not mm-hmm. right either. It's like, what the hell? Like, this is like so wrong. Yeah. It's uh, so bizarre. I, married, I, I agree. And I, I, I'm, I definitely bought into that being a hopeless romantic and growing up with uh, Disney movies and stuff. And uh, I thought that in a relationship, um, if you go down, I'm going down with you, you know, and that should not be the case. I, you know, you should give someone your hand, but not your life. And right. I, I thought if I go down, you go down with me. And I mm-hmm. kind of saw love as two people in a jacuzzi facing each other. And, you know, 10 years after my rebirth and becoming a therapist and, and all that. Now I see love as two people sitting in two different bathtubs facing in the same direction. And yeah, that's, that's a lot more healthy. It is more healthy. I mean, it is It is like, you know, uh, separate but together, but on each other. Like, it's like on a separate journey, right. but it both enjoying um, the separate journey and being able to come together at different points in it mm-hmm. and talk about it. But, yeah. you know, knowing that we can have these separate lives and it, it's like we're all experiencing these journeys and sometimes we can share it and sometimes we we can separate and you know that autonomy is is really important and you know that like enmeshment is so um i don't know i'm sick of it you know i'm sick of that and part of it i gotta be honest with you came from korean culture you know um my my parents didn't have a healthy they were very codependent and uh, there's a machismo and um you know uh the whole like um, men don't have feelings and men need to you know do xyz and so there wasn't a lot of space for me to even uh, express myself so growing up i don't even i didn't even know what healthy looked like you know um yeah yeah they do some weird some weird stuff though koreans are like they really reject um like there's like two different mindsets with koreans like so the, there's like the separate separation of the gender roles of like the machismo, like um, the soju drinking. I'm going to mm-hmm. eat the octopus alive, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> kill it with the chopsticks right. and reject any sort of like uh, womanly thing, whatever. And it's a really ajushi, ajima kind of separation. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like the um, matching T-shirts where you go on the um, Chew website and you buy the matching boyfriend girlfriend T-shirts. Right, right. You know those yeah, ones where they dress. The dread they dress alike. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. And then they have the makeup. They have the same makeup, like boy girl makeup. It's so oh, crazy. God. Like it's so bizarre how much um, they're either 
totally separate or totally together where mm. we can't just be individuals. We have to either completely separate ourselves or absolutely enmesh into one. And it's like either way, we're screwed. Yeah, I mean, those are the two extremes, you know? Yeah, no, um, in no way can we have ever f- experience wholeness because we're completely separate in either mm-hmm. instance, you know? Right, right. So what do you think needs to happen to change that? Do you think that we're, we're, we're headed toward changing that or no? You think we're all, we're just living on islands right now and that's just the way. I don't know because there's real strength, you know, like it, it really, it really actually came to a head in Parasite. You know, because I was watching oh. Parasite and I was like, you know, it's like there's that that was really this comedy that's really about extremes because mm-hmm. Korea is really all extremes. There's no subtlety. Mm-hmm. And that's the main problem with our um, I think our uh, society there is that the uh, I think that's why we sort of fetishize Europe because right. Europe is really all about subtlety and like Korea is all about like, oh. <laughs> It's like yeah. that's extreme. why we're all addicted to the Korean dramas, right? Yeah, because <laughs> of, of the oh, because right. oh, yeah, yeah. oh. <laughs> Korea is always like the oh, yeah. it's like right. um, Life even like Han is like um, Han is why we need therapy is because you know like Han is just like it's just the state of being the national state of being is Han is if you're not Korean and you're listening Han is like how would you think Han Han is like the uh. It's like the experience of like um, sadness that is inherent to the Korean spirit. That is like uh, the state of being. That is um, this. This it's melancholy, mm. but depression. But it's not depression. It's like joy. But it's like um, the minor chord in a song. <laughs> it's like the B sides of uh of um it's like a uh it's like the joyful tears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's like the bitterness of uh dark chocolate yeah and you know what it's definitely interesting it's definitely exciting and and it's also like telemundo right and korean dramas are kind of the same that like uh when it's passion it's fire and you know uh, it's all or nothing it's life or death and I think that living there, of course, is not sustainable or healthy. Um, but there's something about watching that that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like the bite of kimchi. If you like spicy food, it's like the initial tiny bite of a spicy food that you like. It's mm-hmm. the slight pain of the um, things that um, you enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit of pain that we endure of the things that we enjoy. It's like that, that sort of thing of like... Um, you know, whatever is uh, slightly painful about what you love about life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's what it is. But Koreans tend to sort of indulge in that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Is it is it self-defecating though, or no? Yeah, punishment a little bit, right? A, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it's also and then, but I think we can get very deep into it and. Um, I don't know, but like like in codependency and stuff like that, it can be really hard. And I think like right now, just with the um, what I think everybody's focusing on with um, the quarantine is like a lot of like mental health. Like that's the main issue that people are talking about right now is like that. I think that's why like there's all of these like weird protests of people like we want to go back to work. People don't know who they are without their 
vocations, which I get. Sure, sure. It's also, you know, I think with relationships, this this whole thing is putting a, a black light on relationships. And uh, I think that this whole thing is either going to harden you or soften you, depending on, you know, what, what you do, depending on if you're running away from yourself or toward. Yeah. Running away, uh, like running away from yourself, running away from your relationships mm-hmm. and your family and your identity. And it's like... Um, but it's like, what do you think that people should be doing right now for their mental health? What's the best thing that we should, from like a therapist standpoint, what's the best thing we can do for ourselves? Oh, God, so many things. Um, first, I think uh, structure, you know, having some structure in your life. So uh, the days don't bleed. And then you're not just, you know, uh, living living in your living room, eating uh, chips and, and drowning in television. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's something, you're being productive in some way, you know. Uh, and then also... I think um, it's such a great time to look inward, you know? I think mm-hmm. it's a really good time. Like right now, you could either think the sky is falling and that life is done and there's uncertainty and doom, or you could think that there's a, a, a something bigger is happening where you could shake your life at your sketch. You could actually um, shuffle your cards in, of life and, and, then, and then decide what's important to you and who's important to you. So out of this, I think you have such a great opportunity to just kind of redesign your life. You know, mm-hmm. um, there, there are a lot of divorces happening. There are relationships falling apart and there are, um, you know, people just switching careers. There's all this shakeup happening. And I think when that happens, that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. No, it is good. It is good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. I mean, talking about swipe culture, there's a lot of people swiping on people are trying to be hooking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's dangerous. I mean, maybe that's why they're doing it is because it's not you're that's like you're not supposed to at all right now. And so there's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really I mean, it's like, what do you I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that's a good idea because it's like you can't you just don't want to. <laughs> like, What kind of germs are you going to Oh, it's bad. You know, it's like it's like in in high school where you're where you put in time out or you're grounded, and that's going to make you climb out your bedroom window a lot more than if you were just kind of free to do whatever you want. Yeah, but that but that back then the worst thing that you could get was mono. Remember right when now. mono was like the worst <laughs> disease that you could get? Yeah, it's like yeah. way worse right now. It's worse. It's uncertain. Yeah, it's confusing. We don't really know what it is. I think all of that. It's Very all mysterious. It's all mysterious and. I mean, it's a good time now to like, yeah, I've been going, I've been doing a lot of um, walks. I've been watching a lot of um, film noir, which is helping Mm -hmm. me like, because I think um, the simpler movies are helping. I like where you're going with this, because going back to what you should do during quarantine, um, Mm -hmm. and you're just talking about movies, but what if you actually just kind of went analog with all areas of your life? So... Um, playing vinyl, watching these old movies, really mm-hmm. simplifying. Uh, and I think you'll actually end up getting to like mindfulness. I think you'll actually end up being more present um, by going back and by simplifying, you know? Yeah. Co- yeah. Cooking again, right? Instead of using yeah. um, apps to deliver food. Yeah. Um, good idea. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. I love it. Good idea. I going. Yeah. Yeah. I could crank up the VCR. VCR. <laughs> I'm going to crank CD up players. crank up the CD player. I've got yeah, I I know I've got um yeah, I've got a cassette cassette <laughs> big boom box here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And also like talking on the phone for hours. Oh yeah. Like let's do that. I got a landline, I'm sure. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Party line Fax, somewhere. Fax, Fax me. 
when is yeah i'm gonna fax you i'm gonna fax you a whole i'll fax it to you um where can people like find out about all of your things what's your handles uh just the angry therapist instagram i guess i'm pretty much uh the most active at the angry therapist at the angry therapist on insta and um well wonderful thank you so much for joining me today and uh mazel tov on your baby (laughs) and your book to be continued thank you so much so many things yeah and congrats on your singlehood journey i'm excited to kind of follow it and follow it's the best and, and see what happens and yeah you're not going to jump into something again real soon oh no 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 i think i'm i'm, I'm not I'm, my my goal is to try to stay with this for for the rest of it by you by rest of it you mean like by this week are you talking about by the rest of the year for the rest of the for the for the rest of the time I'm around. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm trying to stay for the for the distance, but we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you, Margaret. And thank you for um, everything you're doing and that and the, all the trailblazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.